Oh, awesome. Turn to somebody this morning saying you're looking great on a bright, sunshiny day today. Oh, my gosh. Sorry for the little uh, delay there. <laughs> we um, have got back. I want to thank everyone for your blessing us and our family to go to uh, lovely, picturesque New Mexico. <laughs> uh, down to, Those of you who have never been there, you, uh, you, you won't quite get the, the joke, but it has its own beauty. Desert has its own beauty. Um, we left Asher behind, and... Um, uh, while, while he's back there, I've been getting pictures of more rattlesnakes than I've seen in the time we're there. And I'm like, okay, man, you know, you're going to come back like a little Dundee dude or, uh, you know, some kind of outdoorsman, Bear Grylls kid. I don't know. Uh, having fun. Grandpa has lots of, uh, I shall say, uh, of protective equipment. And uh, he's letting him use that very generously. <laughs> so uh, we were having a lot of fun up. You got how weird loves Grandpa's house. Oh my gosh! You know, there's something about about uh, Grandpa's house. There's all kinds of adventures that happen um, there. So if you would go with me this morning, we will try to get right into the Word. Uh, we're going to Luke chapter four, verse sixteen through twenty-two. But yes, me and Dieter would like to greatly thank you from the bottom of our heart for blessing us. We did not know that was coming, but it was a huge blessing to us while we were there. And um, it always it always makes things a little bit uh, funner. <laughs> so when you can reach in there and uh, have a good time. So uh, we're going to read from Isaiah chapter, excuse me, Luke four sixteen twenty two. The parallel for this passage is Isaiah 61, 1 through three. So if you're a person, by all means, you want to do a little more research backstory on this passage, feel free to do so. Um, it reads, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those, liberty those who are, are, are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? So let's just pray over the reading of God's word. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people, Lord. Thank you for your house. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Ask that, God, that your word will come forward, Lord God, without any hindrance. Lord God, may your name be glorified in every word and deed. And God, help me to get out of the way. Be glorified in our hearing, receiving, and going in the name of Jesus to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I want to, from a simplified title, want to speak to you on anointed as a title for um, today. What does it mean to be anointed? 
what does it mean to be a person who receives an anointing? Jesus was not the first person who had ever been anointed. Jesus was one who was the one forecasted and foreshadowed, describing by those before him, him who had been anointed before that he would come. His anointing, though, however, was different. His anointing was unique in this respect. Is prior, God had used fallible men. God had used men who were pretty much capable of failure in so many ways, morally, um, failing uh, spiritually, failing in so many different ways of betrayals and lying and hurting and harming, which, by the way, human nature still remains the same, though Christ has dealt with the sin issue. That is the good news, which we'll get to. But God would move upon men who had dedicated themselves to his service, who had consecrated themselves. Matter of fact, we first hear about this precious anointing oil as used to anoint people in the book of Exodus. And what we see in the book of Exodus is that God told Moses, he gave them kind of this mix of how he wanted this oil to be made. It was supposed to be designated and separate in such a way that God said, anyone who duplicates this recipe is cut off from my people. Because God knew all the symbolism that it represented in that which is to come. So anything that would corrupt that or dilute that or diminish it in any way, God had no tolerance for. Because of the one who was coming, whom God in his wisdom kept secret until he revealed in Jesus Christ. So God used men of old. He would anoint Aaron. He anointed him. The anointing went like this. He would call them out. They would be consecrated, meaning they would wash with water. A symbolism we would learn later was a sign of dedication to the ways and the law and the commandments of God. Then they would apply the blood of the sacrifice as an atonement for the sins they had committed and the shortcomings they possessed. And then would come the oil. And I love how God would kind of describe it before they would put the oil on their head. He said, it's so they would have beauty and glory before me. Beauty and glory before me. Let me tell you something. If you live in a Christianity that thinks God wants you beat down, toothless, useless, helpful, broke, busted, and disgusted, you don't understand your heavenly father. Your heavenly father elevates your life so that he can anoint your life. He elevates your life through Christ in order that he might apply something even more in you. The privilege and the honor of carrying his presence is greater than the identification than with just a group of people. The privilege of carrying the presence of the living God and being responsible for representing that to others is a higher calling unmatched in any place, not for the egos of men, but in humility out of the mercy, gratitude, and generosity and magnanimous kindness of Christ and of God. He would anoint Aaron the priest. And this is significant because that anointing would carry from priests and later on to kings. Those who would be in authority. So we see the anointing is used in a way that God is separating and consecrating those who will minister. I'm crushing that cup right now. That's what I'm saying. Oh, plastic. That's what I'm saying. Man, who left their cup up here? No, it's all right. So, so the Spirit of God was anointing those in ministry. But this is powerful because this is all foreshadowing the one who would stand up and read here in this passage. He also anointed those who were kings, those who were in authority, 
So we don't see Jesus and the anointing being just bestowed on those alone who administer, help, strengthen, which is so vital, so important, to strengthen, to help, to teach the ways of God. But we also see that anointing bestowed on those who are kings, who are in authority. See, God is sneaking on us. God is, he's showing something in the pattern of Old Testament anointing of Christ who would come to say, he will not only minister to you, he will not only hold your hand and minister to you and speak promise to you, but he has authority to change things in your life. He has power to totally revolutionize the way things are and redirect it in a different way. And he also, this anointing in in different passages was applied to prophets So that when the word is spoken, God forbid, the word be spoken with just a haphazard or monotone or business as usual way. So that it's the anointing on the prophetic voice would be that which spoke for God. So it must sound with the echo and the vibration and the effect that God would speak. So that when God spoke through prophets and God anointed kings to conquer and God anointed priests to minister, the Spirit of God is on Jesus to minister. The Spirit of God is on Jesus to conquer the things in your life that are unconquerable. And the Spirit of Christ is in His voice to speak as the sound of many waters to you and I today so that that which seems immovable is movable by the voice of God. The anointing of God bearing down as Jesus comes. I love this because prior to Christ stepping up in this room, Jesus had already experienced a lot of crazy things. What does it mean to be anointed? Prior to Jesus manifesting this anointing, we know that according to John that he is a heavenly being. He is not of this earth. That in fact his existence is the miracle of God himself. That he clothed, God put flesh on. Crazy. That God put skin on, and God put flesh, and God spoke. And God just didn't hide out as a guy in the background. But yet for 30-something years, he existed and was reared in a town called Nazareth. He was sinless. During this time, Jesus did not play he may have played practical jokes, but he didn't hurt anybody, okay? Jesus may, Jesus may have done some things just like kids do. I don't know what Jesus was like. I don't know if he was ultra serious. I don't know. I think he knew things other kids didn't know, so he probably always had the upper hand. I don't know. I don't know how that worked. But the point being is, is that Jesus existed and Jesus grew up, but it wasn't until he was baptized and then he was tried. You see, to this point, he had been nearly assassinated by Herod as a baby. He grew in stature and wisdom before God. He was often misunderstood. I can't understand what high school was like for Jesus. He was baptized and proclaimed the Lamb of God. And he was tempted by the devil. He wasn't tempted by the donut, okay? He wasn't tempted to, to, to go and to eat more calories so that he met his goal, okay? He was, he was tempted by the prince of darkness, Mono imano, to come out of himself. That as he was here, he laid aside his divine, his divine powers, but never his relationship. So Jesus begins to set and order some things for you and I, that as he comes to walk, he, we are to live the life as he lives in us and through us, that he set aside his divine nature in order that all that he did was through the power of the Holy Spirit. Say what? Jesus was filled with the Spirit like you 
and me who have come into the faith that have accepted Christ and receive empowerment? Yes, because to do less would, would somehow be cheating. Because even though he was God in the flesh, he's willingly, and this is why he's God, set aside his divine nature. A Greek term for it is called the kenosis. He emptied himself of these things by will and by choice in order that he could walk, though he was sinless, where he's separated from us. He was sinless and flawless, and he was the son of the highest, filled with the spirit of God. And here he comes into the church house one day, and he steps up into an environment that is dry and crusty and tired of systems and patterns because that's what you got when you don't have the anointing of God in your life. That's what you don't have the anointed one directing things is you have the system. You have the 10 o'clock, the 11 o'clock. Not that God's against order. Don't get me wrong. Don't misread me and misquote me. But I'm saying that when it becomes regimental, when it becomes business as usual, when it becomes every day, suddenly you don't even see what's standing in front of you so much so they didn't see or recognize him that other than he's, yeah, he's Jesus. And then he has the audacity to say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Man, 700 years waiting. 700 years since Isaiah uttered those words. Oh, man, that gives me chills. And this man stands up and says, it's happening. It's happening now. That's awesome. See, when we get into a dry and and just kind of usual place, we don't hear the things around us that we don't recognize all the time. You know, I got these shoes in the car and I was laughing. These, These shoes are not that old, but they have a terrible problem. I don't know if you can hear them. They squeak terrible, right? They squeak. They drive me crazy. I was busting up going down the road coming to church this morning because every time I moved my foot from the brake to the gas pedal, I was hearing, eh, eh, you know. And I was thinking, man, this, this, what is this, pleather? I don't know what this is, this artificial stuff. If it's real, it's faking me out. And I even got so, I just kind of looked it up on the Internet, and I was like, okay, why are my shoes squeaking, right? I mean, I just kind of snuck in the back. I was kidding around. Why are my shoes squeaking? And it actually said, it actually said that the reason your shoes will squeak, the leather shoes are bad shoes when they squeak. Bad shoe, right? That their bad shoes is, is because they are made faulty. That there's some parts that are not matched correctly. They can be also be because the, uh, a lack of saddle soap or oiling, if you will, leather oil, is not applied to them in order to negate the squeakiness, Okay? And I thought, how cool is that, is that Jesus comes into a society of people who are wearing squeaky shoes. They keep telling everybody how holy they are, but I hear them squeaking. They keep telling me how powerful they are, but their life is squeaking. All right, their life is saying, I don't got control over my tongue. My kids run into another room when I start getting angry. My husband don't want to be around me. My wife don't want to be near me. But I tell you what, I know that I belong. I am a child of God. Amen, I'm going to sing that. Yes, you are a child of God. Yes, you do belong to the Lord. But it's time to take that little tin man can and begin to kind of just start, just kind of chucking that oil in your feet and in your life. And Jesus came to bring the oil in a way it had never been brought. So he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Oh, number one, why? Why are you anointed, Jesus? Go to the first one there for me. 
Good news. Why, why, why are you anointed, Jesus? I'm anointed to bring good news. Oh, man. Who here has ever been told your parents when you're a kid or something? Or, or just, you know, someone says, I've got great news, and they tell you, and you're like, I mean, that's sort of okay news. I mean, you know, they're really, they're really pumped up about it. You're like, oh, I mean, that's kind of okay. Jesus, no, this is, this is really, really good news that I've come to bring to you today. I've come to talk to you, he said, about a message. And he said, the message is, is that the kingdom of God has come. Now, I love that because I can picture Jesus on the streets, wherever he was, as he began to minister or in the synagogue, wherever he ministered, saying, repent for the kingdom of God. Why is he saying, stop messing around? Because the actual real kingdom is now here. My sandals don't squeak, but I have an oil that can bear upon your life and begin to bring good news, the good news that registers to your life, that brings the changes that need to cause, need to be caused and affected upon us, that we may know what true goodness and true healing and all the good things that God has prepared for us is. Now, I love this. It says in Hebrew 1.9, it says that Jesus was anointed above his fellows because he loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. He loved righteousness and he hated. Now, I didn't say this. You love what's right and you hate everybody that's wrong. No. He says he loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Oil check this morning. Where's the joy level in your life? Oil check this morning. Where did it leave you? I almost guarantee you it's where the oil began to dry up in your spiritual life. Your relationship with God began to waver, and it's through that relationship that God bestows fresh oil. Now, you can find in the scripture that the oil, we talked about the priest, the king, and the prophet, that the oil is used often for consecrating, meaning setting people apart, and it's also used as well for refreshing. It's used as marking. The One of the words in the original language means to anoint, means to smear, means to rub in. Now, by the way, we went kind of drifting down the river here not long ago down in New Mexico. And after I saw that rattler in the water, I was like, what was I doing? Had my feet in the water, just cruising down <laughs> the river. Um, and so anyway, so we, we put, I put this 50 stuff on my face, right? Because nobody wants their face to be burnt. So I've got, it's like, it's like deodorant you're rubbing on your face, right? You've just got the speed stick. And then we use the spray stuff because that's what we had left. How many here want to guess where I'm burnt? Where the spray tan, spray stuff was. The rub on the thick stuff kind of helped a lot. Helped at least better than if I hadn't had it on at all. But the spray stuff, can I tell you something? This morning Jesus is talking about a good news that saturates our life. He gets ready to break that down for us. Quit putting the spray tan anointing on because that has a way of wearing off. But when you rub in the oil, when you make a commitment to the consecration and commitment to God that it takes to walk before him as a child whom he already loves, but who is more attracted and he shows him things that he doesn't show everybody else. It's not because he like he has some special class. It's because some want the oil rubbed in their life and want the nearness of God. And they have somehow there's this great relationship between those and those who keep getting burned. You ever talk to people who keep talking? 
talking about how things are just so tough. And we all have tough times. And there's, there, we all have tough times, but there's those people that got that extra something, right? Well, you know, I don't know why, you know. Well, you know, are you tithing? Well, no, I can't tithe because I, I've got this, you know, my dog. You know, it needs a, you know, it needs a new toy. It needs a new, it needs a new this or that. Or my kid needs this. You know, we always got a reason why we're not going to give or why we're not going to morally take a stand or why we're not spiritually going to invest in our walk with God. We always got a reason. Those are the spray tan Christians. They spray tan some oil on till it whew, feels good. feels great. I got a little sprinkle on me, a little spray on me. But you know what? They're always the ones that end up getting burned because you need to get the rub in. Let the Holy Spirit massage the oil of God. That What I mean by that, his presence, his favor, his goodness, the good news into your life. And then you'll begin to walk out and see the effects of that. He has an audience. Who does he speak to? Those who are poor, those who are hungry. Now you say, poor Tim, are you saying we all need to leave the church and go down and find all the homeless folk? That's a great ministry. That's a powerful ministry. But when Jesus talks about the poor, he's not talking about people that lack money. He's talking about those who are ready to receive, those who are ready to set aside, and those who are ready to receive from him what he has, the good news he has to receive. I hate getting telemarketers tagging my text. Now, how does that happen? Because I'm a dummy, and I believe the surveys for $25. Okay, that's how that happens. Don't do that, okay? You won't get paid. It's a mess up. They mess with you. They put you to different sites. It's all screwed up. Don't do it. It's a waste of your time. You'll get so mad, and you'll want that free Walmart gift card or whatever it is, and they're not going to send it. Forget it. The good news is, is that Jesus came to bring good news, and the news is not in word only, but it's in power. See, it's not in just to minister good things. Guys, if all this faith stuff is, is to make us feel good so we can make it through life, I hate to say it, what a waste. Comfort is great, but it's only part. Thank God we serve a king that says, I have authority. And sometimes that authority will vanquish the things in your life you're facing. And sometimes he'll walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. And he'll prepare a table before your enemies. And I love what David says. While you're there in the presence of your enemies, God rejuvenates you. And then he says, you anoint my head with oil. When I thought I was going to quit and give up, the fresh refreshing of the Holy Spirit that the anointing represents comes over me. And now when I thought I was ragged, tired, and born, just worn to the bone, the Holy Spirit revives me from then to my very core. And now I'm ready. I went from ready to walk out, quit, not going back to church, to round two. Come on to start clanging the sword of the word of God on the shield of faith and saying, I'm ready for another round. Why does God work that way? He's the all wise one. But I suspect that it's because in order for him to be anointed, it's not for us to walk around and go, look at me. I'm anointed show tunes. You know, 25 top songs. Yada, da, 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 da. I'm anointed. Shut up. Sit down. You're freaking me out. Okay? But the anointing of God, that when God, I love what God, what Moses said at the Red Sea. I got to move on. He said, stand still and you'll do what? You'll see it. You see, God, God's a showman in the greatest sense. He's the greatest showman, not, not Hugh Jackman. Okay? God loves to take you into impossible things that will make you cry. Make you turn the lights off, make you smile and laugh with your friends, go home and cry, turn the lights off, and lay in bed in your room 
and wonder what's going to happen as you pray and talk to the ceiling and praying and hoping God heals. Here's as you continue to hold faith, continue to be faithful. God knows how to do that. And he takes you right sometimes to the edge, not to torture you, not to torment you. But God loves to take us to places where he can get the glory through you. Because your eyes are going to go from this big with God to this big with God if you walk with him. If you say, forget this, this, this oil stuff. That guy put that bottle and he threw something on my head. And he, or they wiped me down with it. I don't know, they were, you know, turtle wax in my head or something. I don't know, whatever they were doing to me. No, let me tell you something. The anointing causes you to endure those things. It's good news. Go to the second one. There's healing. There's healing. Jesus said, I came to proclaim healing. Now, in this passage, for whatever reason, whether Jesus looked at it and said, I already caught that covered, whatever. But in Isaiah 1, it talks about how that he came to bind up the brokenhearted. This is powerful because what this says to me is that God is interested where we're bleeding, okay? God is interested in the areas, and God knows and sees the areas. The anointing comes to the areas of our life where we have been wounded because those wounds have compound effects. They have effects not only for us, but whether we want to believe we can keep our business under control or not, the fact of the matter is, is our business oozes out in different areas. It oozes out in our, the way we see people, we perceive people, the way we want to treat people, the way we guard ourselves. We want to protect ourselves all the time. But if you will allow, Jesus says the good news is to the brokenhearted is that the oil, the anointing of God goes to the broken places of your life, the broken places of your ego. Not to elevate you in pride, but the, what that which crushes you. See, the ego, even psychologists will tell us the ego is not a bad thing by itself. It's just when it gets overinflated. It's when it gets out of its place. God knows how to go to those places. You don't think God cares about ego? Listen to the prayers of David. Lift up my head. Why God need to lift up your head? and Lift me up. Let me have some dignity again. I've lost my dignity. I'm going through some hard stuff. I'm going through some stuff that's got me turned around. There is healing in those places for your life. Don't be deceived by an alternative to the anointing. People, we learn how to manage our pain. We learn how to group therapy our pain. We learn how to talk our pain. And those may be instruments in your recovery. They may be. But it's only the anointing oil of Christ has the ability to heal it. To heal it and to mend it and to make it well. The alternatives, you can become pre or distracted with the alternatives where that you're like, I've got to get to this and I've got to get to that. That's great. But if your hope is in that or is in a man leading a group or is in a relationship, if you'll just meet the right guy or girl or you'll just get the right profession or if you can just get, figure out the plan ahead of you, if you'll rely on that only, you're, there's always going to be disappointments no matter what. But when you put your trust in God, God is able to be there to bring healing and restoration in our life when we have miscues because we got squeaky shoes on. And sometimes those things happen. God is able to heal. James, in a physical sense of healing, James 5, 14, if any among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Why does God still have us anointing people after Jesus is the anointed one? Why, why, why do we got these bottles and we, we put, why do we do that? I mean, you know, this is New Testament now. This is James the apostle. This is James, the brother of Jesus, saying you should anoint with oil. If Jesus, Jesus is the anointed one, there's, that's undeniable. So why are we still 
doing that, I think that there's something God knows about us people that when we are touching something and touching people, there's a physical connection. There is a reminder connection that, yes, we are somehow connected to something. We're not something, but the Almighty One, the Christ, the Anointed One, the One who did heal, the One we saw. James saying, the One I saw heal, the One I saw do great miracles, guarding against the alternative. Go ahead and go to the next one. Freedom. Freedom. He's anointed me to bring freedom. We talk about alternatives for a moment. (laughs) Jesus. There's nothing so heartbreaking to me as someone who keeps projecting freedom, but who is absolutely in restraint. Jesus said, (laughs) I've come to proclaim freedom to the captives. That word captive there means those who are who are bound or who need pardon or forgiveness. Pardon. The pardon, not just from other people, not just, yes, God, I need you to pardon me. He's able, he does that. Thank God his pardon wipes away all sin. But I know this, the reconciliation that Christ came to bring was a complete sacrifice. So that means he reconciled us to God. He reconciled us to ourself. And he reconciles us to one another. Thus, we need to seek forgiveness when we have wronged. We need to be willing to receive forgiveness when we have been offended. And also, we need to also be in that place in our life where we're, we're willing to receive pardon to ourself. There's no bitter and worse warden than the self when you're going through something, when you, when you have offended God, when you failed. There's no greater offense. There's no greater fault there than, than dealing with the pardon of self, the forgiveness of self. He said further down, he would also bring deliverance or freedom to the oppressed. Now, the oppressed are the downtrodden. They're the bruised. They're the crushed by tragedy. They're the ones in shame and mourning and heaviness. And yet Jesus, in simple words, had the power to say that if the Son would make you free, you would be free indeed. We have many alternatives that the world's offering. We say, if I can try this, Jesus is saying, Come to me that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you the rest. I love another place he said this. The peace I give you is not a peace of the world. Because the peace of the world is what you monopolize and control today. But when that peace is gone. Amen. Next. Vision. He gave vision. Vision. See, I know I mentioned a lot about alternatives under each one of these points. One time when Asher, I don't know how old he was. He was probably, oh, I can't even remember now. He's my age. But um, he was probably seven maybe. And we lived in this really humble little place, you know. We lived in a nice little, thank God for our three-bedroom, one-bath. Everybody getting ready in the bathroom is really difficult and challenging. Pray for us. Amen. Anyway, so um, we lived in this little trailer thing. And... Um, one day, I'm not kidding you, Asher came up to me and he said, Dad, it's like, yeah. He said, uh, can we, uh, can we uh, sit in the truck and drink beer? And I said, uh, wow. I said, uh, <laughs> so where did you, uh, where'd you hear that? I said, I don't know. Can we just, uh, can we sit and drink, you know, sit in the, in the truck and just drink some beer? 
I said, uh, <laughs> I said, well, I said, uh, dude, I said, I ain't got no beer. I don't drink, right? I, I said, so are you talking about root beer? Or are you talking about beer? He goes, yeah, yeah, you know, root beer. Let's, let's sit in the truck and let, let's drink beer. And I said, hey, it's bonding time. That's all good. And, uh, hey, and we all, I was thinking, my mind's motion, okay, I'm going to go to the store, I'm going to get some root beer. And he comes back to me again and he says, actually, Dad, can we sit on the roof and drink beer? I'm not, I'm not putting words in this mouth. I just thought this was funny. I was like, okay, dude, what show have you seen? Some dudes, some rednecks sitting out in the truck. You know, I don't know what you're doing, whatever's going on there. And I said, you know what? Root beer, we can do that. So I got some root beer. We went up on the roof. We're up on the roof, and we're just sitting there. We're drinking root beers out of a cooler, by the way. I told you, you got to go all in, man. When you go this, you got to put the ice and, the, and all this. So we get, we get out there, and, and we're just you know, drinking root beer on the roof, and he's walking. I'm not telling you, and I'm not making this up. I don't know where this kid heard this. He looks at me, and he goes, Dad, we're men. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> I said, dude. You got a lot to learn, man. <laughs> so we had our little, our little outing, and we, we came down. And, and if you walk in or saying, Tim said, I can go get beer, and I need the authentic beer. No, okay? I'm talking about the authentic, though, versus the alternative, and how we love to relish in a world of our own creation. But that which the anointing abides on is that which is of God's creation. The anointing abides on that which God is doing. God is not going to anoint anything we do. God is not going to bless anything we feel like doing, which brings us to the last. So I'm going to skip four, three. We've got to hurry on and go to five. And that is favor. God is going to bless what he is doing. And not only is he going to bless what he's doing, but God has anointed us to do something. Now, let me read this to you. This is out of... Um, uh, a book by the, a guy's last name is Horton. It says, so the saint is the one who is not only separated from evil, but separated to God, sanctified and anointed for the master's use. You see, God's going to set us free. God's going to heal. God can bring vision. God can bring insight. God can bring all these things, and they're all absolutely relevant and useful. But God is really going to you, anoint those whom he's going to use. And Jesus said, I've come to do these things and proclaim the Lord's favor. Now, I love this. After this, it says Jesus sat down because it's like that's it. There's nothing left to say. He sat down, and they looked at him, and they began to say good things. Now, I want you to get this. I'm closing it. They're saying good things about Jesus. Oh, he was preaching. Oh, man, that was such a great story. Man, that was so awesome how he just opened that. And he was like, oh, I'm the Spirit of the Lord's on me. And I, I thought it was so cool how he did this and did that, and I thought it was so great. But then, it, but then it says this. Then they said, hey, isn't this Joseph's son? <laughs> Came here to declare to you this morning, God don't want your compliments. He doesn't need your patronage. Because basically what Jesus said after that was, you can get on board and be a part of something pretty, pretty amazing or you're going to miss it. Later much so much so, he told them as he began to proclaim and train his disciples and did, in fact, which, by the way, for those of you who just don't have a clue, 
These gospels are not stories made up for your and I's intriguing, you know, our interest and, and for our just kind of, you know, oh, that was a neat story that made me feel good. The men who wrote these wrote them as a testimony, a deposition of their faith, who walked with him and were with him. And they said, in essence, Jesus gave them that opportunity. He turned to them. They didn't want that, but he found those who did. And to those, you know what it says in 1 John, John the beloved apostle writing in 1 John 2.20, you would think, okay, now Jesus the anointed one, he's done with this anointing thing except for the, the oil thing on the people's head to pray for the sick. No, but John says, but the anointing which you have received. Why? Because David said something interesting in Psalm 133. He was talking about the unity of the brethren, but he said David wrote this, not Moses, not somebody in Aaron, the first high priest, not in his time period, but he says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil that was poured over Aaron's head and went down his beard and his garment. Look, where, where am I going with this? I'm going with this. David understood that the anointing that poured out on him through the prophet Samuel had something to do with the fact it's the same spirit. The same spirit that anointed Aaron for ministry is the same spirit that is anointing me to do what I got to do. I got news for you. Some of you have memories of what God did in your life back in the day, wherever that day was. And you look back and you've got a little disappointment as you still love God. You still pray, but there's that, well, what happened to that person that just could think about that and seek God for that? What happened to that person who hungered and prayed and sought God and, and waited and, and gave up a meal and, and wanted God to move? What happened to them? And now I'm just talking about my weekend. What happened to me? Let me tell you something. God is calling you back again to a place just as David understood, saying the same spirit that poured out on those before you and poured out on you once can pour out on you again. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord, for having mercy, God, on us today. We pray that, Lord Jesus, that we would receive your presence, Lord, your anointing, Lord, afresh, your empowerment, God, to minister, Lord, to not let the devil run our house and run our life in authority, because you said all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. And Lord, to speak your word boldly and faithfully, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God is with them. Let me ask you this morning, with your heads bowed this morning, I want to take just a moment. You say, Tim, would you pray, would the church pray with me this morning? Because I've just faced some stuff, some things, some tragedies, some things that have got me down. I just need, I need the Lord's strength to just get up and out of this. We kind of have a tendency to want to just say, I'll, I'll come out of this. But you know what? Sometimes we can, we can take some time to distract ourselves enough. We may forget about it for a little while. But I'm here to tell you, let's just say, Tim, would you pray for us as a body this morning? I just need prayer. I'm going through some difficult times. Pray for me. I just want God's touch on my life. Would you raise your hand? Just say, I want God's touch in my life. That's awesome. Maybe you're hearing you just say, Tim, you know, I, I just, I'm having a hard time forgiving myself. I've made the errors. I've had things that just seems like, I know I'm trying to do the right things, but I don't feel, I don't seem like that connection. We don't walk by feeling, but there's just something about just, there's that knowledge in our heart that, man, I just, 
I'm in connection. I'm at peace with myself and with God. That creates such an open communication line. Right now, you just feel like, I don't know. I just need a breakthrough in my, in my communication with God. Would you just raise your hand and say, I need prayer this morning just to step out and get prayer for that. And last, you'd say, Tim, I'm, I'm in need of a healing spiritually, emotionally, physically. I'm not, I'm not the healer. Christ is the healer this morning. God forbid we're in trouble if man is in control of this thing. Just say, just pray. I have a loved one that's got a need. Just raise your hand. He's Christ the healer this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Folks, just pray just for a moment. I'm not going to linger long. I just want, don't want to rush either. Hallelujah. Just as a body, could we do this? If you raise your hand for anything, could you come forward? And I would like to invite the body forward, not because for any other reason that, as we talked about already, there's something powerful about a corporate agreement and a corporate togetherness. We got just a few minutes. Come on. You raise your hand for anything. That's all right. Praise God. Don't let your pride keep you from it. Don't let, don't let what somebody else thinks keep you from it. Let the Lord strengthen this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we invite the body of Christ just to come in this morning? Come on. You're gifted. You have gifts. You have a relationship with God. You need to come and stand behind those that are here this morning. Would you just raise your hands? This isn't magic. The Bible never said there was anything magic in physical oil. It just represented the true anointed one that is Christ and what he would do. And whatever you're asking God for this morning, maybe there's something, it's just an annoying thing. You're praying, you're talking, you're battling with that thing. Maybe you need fresh oil on your head in the middle of your struggle. Maybe you, you're just looking down the barrel of a situation. You don't see it turning around. Man, I can tell you something. We're serving a Jesus that when his presence comes by, when he begins to move, can begin to turn, change the direction of your life and the way things are. Saints, can you lift up your hands and raise up your voices? Let's not have any inactive participants this morning. Just reach out your hands and pray for those that are here. Jesus, we pray for every life. Lord God, stepping forward, I ask for healing. Healing in our mind. God, where the enemy has breached into the mind and into the hearts of people and got a stolen peace from them, I pray that you would restore the peace. Mighty warrior Jesus, restore the peace of their mind and of their heart. Set them, Lord God, aright in your sight, God. Lift them up. God, lift up the discouraged. Lord God, restore the crushed and downtrodden. Lord God, I pray this morning that you would bring good news to those who are worn out from the devices and the alternatives of man. God, may their life be realigned and reconnected with the Holy Spirit, the anointing that is Jesus, that doesn't come from a man in theatrics, but comes from the Almighty God. I pray and ask that you do a work in us. I ask that you would uplift us. I pray that we walk out with hope. Lord God, just a drop on our head this morning, just a touch by your Spirit today. May there be new new things ahead of us, exciting things ahead of us. The damaged relationship of yesterday will not dictate our relationships today. Our failures of yesterday will not dictate our future. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, may our pathway be paved with the oil of God, pouring oil and wine to those who need healing today, to those who need encouragement, 
be blessed. Be blessed in the name of the Lord. Be blessed in the name of the Lord today. Find new hope. Find new hope. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I praise you. And God, I pray for those whom you're going to show yourself real and mighty. And God, right now, everything looks just blah. Lord God, there's no end in sight to this this ongoing saga of nothingness. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that, God, you will break forth like the morning sun and begin to illuminate your path and your plan for their life, the path of the word and the path of obedience. In the name of Jesus, we worship you today. We glorify you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, real quickly, as right before we go, some of us got our hands raised. I want you to reach up higher, and I want you to take it by faith. Jesus said, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. He was talking about those who really want it. Just begin to raise up your hands and begin to reach. Reach. And just say, Jesus, with all of my heart, with all of my heart, Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. You're an almighty one. Each and every one, God. Each and every one. Each and every one. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Just raise your hands and worship God. One more time before we're dismissed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you with our praise. We honor you with our submission. We honor you with our with our lips and with our hands, with our lives, with our hearts. We honor you every step of the way. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we praise you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. You know where David went after he was anointed? Back to the sheep. (laughs) You know where Saul went after he was anointed? He had some cool episodes happen along the way. It says it changed his heart. You see, The power of God's Spirit in our life is that when God changes our heart, it don't matter where we are. When the Holy Spirit is in you, it doesn't matter where you are because God will work in you to change the environment where you are. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. We're saying, God, change this. No, God's saying, I need to change this, and then I can change that. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning. God is a great God. Hallelujah. Hug a neck. God bless you. Enjoy this beautiful sunshiny day.